Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. What's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Super exciting episode today. Before we get started, let me jump in and make a quick announcement. I am thrilled to finally announce that Tim Stodd's Enterprises, Tim Stodd's Digital Marketing Services are now available to the good people of Nashville, Tennessee. It's been a bit of a transition getting Stodzy from South Florida to Nashville, and I'm thrilled to announce that we are live we're doing it. We're, we're ready to work with the great business owners and the great entrepreneurs of this huge up-and-coming city. So what does that mean exactly? What are the services that me and my team are able to provide? It's very simple. We focus our efforts on digital marketing services that we know move the needle. We don't get involved too much with kind of superfluous quote, attention-getting services, we focus on digital advertising, search engine optimization, and high-level social media marketing that will grow a business. And when I say grow a business, I mean bring in money, increase revenue. Whether you're a local brick-and-mortar shop, whether you are an e-commerce store, whether you're creating some kind of online directory, whatever the case may be, we've done it all. Me and my team have been together for eight years, and I'm, I'm very excited to, to get going and to bring our services to Nashville. If you need a website, if you need online marketing, if you need social media, even if you just have a couple questions, I don't, we're not going to charge you for a, a consultation. Fill out a contact form at timstods.com slash contact. Or you can go to timstods.com slash services to get a better understanding as to how my team and I can help you and your business grow. Finally, now that we got that out of the way, my guest today was Jeremy Raley. Jeremy is the head manager. I don't even know if that's his official title, but he basically runs the day-to-day operations for the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. If you've been following along my podcast, the last maybe four or five guests I've had have all talked about the EC. The EC is the Entrepreneur Center in Nashville. And it is probably the coolest thing I've discovered since I moved to this city, aside from the great food that is, and the really nice people. It is a community. It is a kind of shared office space where upstarts, entrepreneurs, business owners, people that even just kind of want to grow professionally, even if they don't have their own business, can join and can work and network with other entrepreneurs, other business owners, so that collectively we can all grow together. It's a kick-ass organization. Jeremy was like so cool. His passion for the EC like really, really came through. Uh, he gave a real breakdown as to like his journey and some of his own entrepreneurial adventures and some of the lessons that he's learned with them. And I was really thrilled, really thrilled to have him as a guest on my podcast. So with all of that, please help me welcome my new friend, Jeremy Rayleigh. 
all right my nice friend let's do coffee, it coffee coffee sipping sounds yeah man. <laughs> on the mic so uh thank you so much for coming to my home yeah, and joining sure. me on yeah, my show i love it i thought i would uh kind of just start and and teeing it off for you with a, a little bit of conversation we had before we went live that when i moved to nashville a lot of the guests that i've had have been with the entrepreneur center yeah. um in downtown nashville and you I don't know exactly what your title is, but you basically like run the day-to-day operations yeah. there. Um, and I, I wanted to kind of learn more specifically, like what the EC is about, what the yeah. mission statement there is, and like how you got involved too. Because I, I have a feeling that you being a part of the Entrepreneur Center probably is a has an interesting backstory to it. So I'd like yeah. to learn about it, dude. Yeah, for sure. So maybe it might be helpful for me, for my mind, just to go through it like with kind of my story of how I got there, and then cool. we kind of talk about what the EC is about, what it does. So grew up in Kentucky, mm-hmm. went to school at Western Kentucky University, and during that, so backtrack, grew up in a small town right outside of Louisville. My best friend Cody Hutchins, we had known each other since the first grade. Grew up together, kind of like the inseparable, like, you know, super bad, the mm-hmm. sort of like conundrum where they're like always together and whenever they're separated, people are like, where's Cody or where's Jeremy? And so we were best That's buds, cool. yeah. And we were always kind of like tinkering with things when we were growing up, right? Or trying to make things or sell things. We would kind of sell candy bars out of our backpack in school or try to make Lego creations and sell them to our friends or our friends' parents. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of always had that that bone in us it's like how can we make and sell things and um and figure it out so we went to school both went to school at western kentucky university in bowling green mm-hmm. and we kind of started going on two separate paths cody was studying international business and chinese and i was actually studying film so i kind of had a passion for video editing and was yeah. exploring exactly exploring what that path could look like so by doing kind of separate things and getting involved in separate activities, we started to kind of drift apart mm-hmm. in school. And so by the time we hit about junior year, late into junior year, we had caught up with each other and we were like, I, I, I don't even really know you anymore. It's crazy how like you can grow up best friends and then all of a sudden you don't really know someone if you sure. don't spend that much time with them. And so we kind of sat down and kind of had like a heart to heart, we're like, we got to figure out a way to, to stay in each other's lives after college. Because if it continues this path when we graduate, we'll likely Grow not be apart. friends. Yeah. Right, you know? So we started just meeting up at a coffee shop in town and started to kick around like what that could look like. And the, the, the sole goal was like, how can we stay friends? Like, how can we continue to have something that like bonds us or unites us? And so after a lot of conversations and kind of talking about how we always really liked starting things and building things when we were younger we're like what if we started a business like that could be this like third thing that we both service that can we can keep each other accountable with and continue to stay in each other's lives so cody had done a lot of traveling in school and i had done some like mission trips and different things growing up and we Mm -hmm. we had always come back and we'd always have bracelets on that kind of told the story of where we were and that's, I would always like, if I saw a unique bracelet, you kind of would generally ask someone about it and say like, what does that mean? And you would kind of like have a story like, oh, I got this mm-hmm. when I was in Ecuador or whatever it might be. And it was a cool way to learn about someone. And so we, we kicked around that idea of like, how can we connect people? How can we spark conversation with a product? And so 
I was kind of, I had started taking some entrepreneurial classes because I started to kind of like understand a little bit more about what that meant. Mm -hmm. And Cody was clearly full-fledged business school. And so we came up with this idea together um, for a bracelet that had a part that you could trade, a part that you could keep. And it it would be all about sparking conversations and connecting people. And so we just kind of said, okay, like, let's go for this. Let's try to do it. At the time I was doing like a venture planning course in school. And so I was able to like, it was like the one time I was like able to, I literally like took, in, taking a class from school, <laughs> right? And we like put the formula into it and started to figure out like, what, are, what do we need for marketing? What do we need yeah. for actual product design? What are the margins? Like asking ourselves these real questions that I was learning about in school was like a weird thing. And so we got to this point where we're like, okay, this is awesome. Like we have these sketches and we think we could make this thing. And with Cody knowing Chinese and studying international business, we had kind of landed some connections that's with the manufacturer that said, exactly, it's like, we can do, like, we could do this, which is really tough to find in America on a college student budget, right? Absolutely. So that was the crux that we, that was like the part where we were like, man, like, we don't know. And so we started applying to pitch competitions and business plan competitions in school, and we're able to place in a couple of those. And that gave us the initial capital to actually make the prototypes, make the designs, and kind of go forward with it, like Uh a few thousand dollars in the bank. It's really all we needed. It's not like we needed a $100,000 investment. Um, We just wanted to prove, like, could this thing actually work? And so we did, and... Right, that was like right when we were graduating. We got that money. We started making the prototypes, and this is a long phase because we're both students and trying to figure it out. Um, and so we graduate, and Cody moves to China. He gets a job at internet, like as a wow. yeah, he's a super smart guy. And so it's he's working for a farming agriculture company, um, sort of like trying to make sure the animals are eating healthy. Um, and so really cr- amazing opportunity goes over there, and I. I'm still in Bowling Green where I went to school, kind of finishing up the my lease and the job. And so that was right at the time when we were getting really excited about this sort of entrepreneurial endeavor. And so when I was graduating, man, like I studied film and I quickly realized that like the idea of working in a dark room for 10 hours a day, though I loved the process of it, just maybe wasn't like career wise what I had envisioned it sure. would become. And so I started, I was still applying for a lot of like marketing agencies and video production houses in Nashville specifically. And the reason Nashville is because of course it's growing, of course there's like a ton of opportunity and it was really close to where I went to school and Mm -hmm. to where my family is. And so it was kind of like the perfect storm of of a potential place to move. Of course. So, um... So yeah, so I was applying for those jobs, but at the same time I was like, man, like this whole process has been super fun. And though we're not even near a place where I could just like do this full time, maybe working for a startup would be really cool. And so I just honestly kind of blindly or naively, if you will, just started looking up opportunities like startup jobs in Nashville, entrepreneur job, like whatever it was, I was just kind of blitzing and trying to figure out these opportunities. And I would, you know, I would say at the time, even though we had gone through the course and even though we had kind of um, done our research, we, I still had a very like shark tank mindset of entrepreneurship, which in my mind is like, if you have a really cool idea, someone will want to buy it for you for a million dollars and you'll be rich within, by the time you're 22 and it'll be all good because you had this one good idea. And it's like, I've since learned, of course, that's not the case, (laughs) but that's, I think that naive, not um, that naiveness allowed me just to like 
like act like I, oh yeah of course i can go just work for a startup and do anything because it's like this is how you it just works don't know any better exactly uh-huh. and so um so i did that and the ec was like a place that i quickly found was like kind of at the center of entrepreneurship in nashville and so i reached out like not like zero percent knowing what it was or like what it meant or like the idea of a tech hub or whatever i just i just sent in a cold email request and was like hey I kind of was involved with entrepreneurial things on my campus and I love what y'all are doing. I will scrub the toilets. I'll crunch numbers. Just I'll let me get in. Yeah. Just let me get in. And just very, um, just by chance at the time, there was a spot at the front desk at the EC. It was an internship. It was, uh, it was it was full time, but it was contracted. It was hourly. It was like all the signs of them just saying like we were kind of testing out this role. Sure. Because at the time they were really scrappy and they didn't even have a front desk person, so you would kind of walk in usually and just be like, well, wow. oh, I guess I'll hope find hope hopefully I'll find the place where I'm supposed to be. Or they might have an intern sitting at the time, yeah, part time. And so this is the first time they're like a dedicated customer service person. And I just kind of fit the qualifications, and I just kind of was able to like slip in. And so I started that in August of 2015, all the while still like having Bond in my back pocket. And at the time- Bond is your bracelet company. Bond is the bracelet company, correct. So we're still going for it. And Cody is still in China at this point doing his job. And so whenever I started, it would look a lot like me working during the week and then calling Cody, you know, 9 p.m. my time, 9 a.m. his time in China, just trying to like bolster the connections, figure out what we need to do, get the design right. Um, get some extra money, that sort of thing. Um, but what was really cool, um, so that, that's kind of when it kind of becomes two separate things. Because yeah. like the EC now becomes this like crazy good opportunity and Bond is just kind of on the precipice of like what it could become. Like, okay, we're like trying to push it forward as a company. We actually hadn't at that time in 2015 launched it as, you know, we hadn't launched it at all. Um, and so trying to think of the best way to describe it. So the EC, um, kind of zeroing in on that, I was at the front desk and it just became this amazing opportunity to network and to connect. And mm-hmm. my, my advice to anyone that's like trying to get their start is yeah. like, just kind of humble yourself into a position that could look something like a front desk, part-time contracted hourly position. Um, and just become the most curious that you can be. And so at the front desk, it became like a place where not only would you're like, you know, just an average entrepreneur coming in saying, what is this place? Yeah. You'd have that. Then you'd have the next person to walk in the door, like a serial entrepreneur that sold their company for hundreds of million dollars. Uh-huh. And they're here to meet with someone, but you have them like captive for like one minute and you yeah. can just ask them questions. Then you have the mayor come in, then you have the governor come in and then you, you know, all these like different people. And if you have like a, you know, if you're just able to kind of humble yourself and just like ask questions and to learn, then you're going to set yourself up for success because you're going to start to learn and you're going to be able to apply some of those principles into your own world. And so I'll go into the EC in a second. And so back to bond, it had been, um, I, I was probably about six to eight months into my stint at the EC and it was going really well. And at that, like, they had brought me on full-time salary, like, I'm an employee now, and starting to, like, understand how the classes work and how the mentorship works and really get a good understanding. And so mm-hmm. when I started talking to Cody, I'm like, dude, like, I got this job. Like, it's crazy. It's this place where you come and you can work out of here. And there's, like, 
people that have sold companies that you can talk to and give you advice and you can meet with marketing people and finance people and you can take classes and connect with other entrepreneurs. And, uh, and at the time, Cody's like, dude, this is like, what, like, that's awesome. I'm in China and unfortunately, like, I'm not loving it over here. Like, it's, it's a really cool job, but yeah. everything that I thought it was going to be, you know, the like lavish international business uh, world had its perks, but it's also like you're kind of isolated. You, like, you don't have your friend community Get around right. you. Yeah, like, and you can see very quickly every, you know, how that can be a little isolating. Yeah. And so Cody was like, dude, like, what if I just moved to Nashville and like we try to get this company off the ground and you know I can kind of find work here and there as needed but we can kind of take a go at this I'm like like let's do it like yeah exactly so that was August of 2016 Cody uh, moves back and then one of our other friends from Western um, and from Kentucky actually moves down and we all get a house together and that's when Cody and I really start to like hit the ground running with Bond and like trying to like get our first run of like full product and trying to make sales and getting into spots. And so what's crazy is that like to kind of come full circle is like this product, this thing that we were like, how can we continue to stay friends has really truly been this glue that's like held us together and that has like brought Cody to China and back (laughs) so we can like try to figure this out together. Um, and so, and now like we still live together and we're still working on it. Um, but that, that, I, I just always have to remind myself sometimes when it's like, when it's hard and you're like trying to figure things out with yeah. a business and some days and weeks and months are worse than others. But then you can always remember like, it's something we're passionate about. It's something that like you're connected with people that you care about with. And for that reason alone, like it's worth doing. It's worth doing. Exactly. Um, I'm really glad that you introed with that story because i want to talk about the entrepreneur center because i think a lot of people listening will find value in there yeah but i'm more interested in you and the experience that you've had with bond because i find so here's what i find this is why this is why i want to know about it yeah for all of the things that i've been involved with the the thing that i think i've failed the most at was actual product based okay type companies where yeah. you have like a thing yeah and you sell a thing and then you have to ship a thing to like <laughs> yeah. an actual person yeah. i don't do really well with that right um and so the the i started a t-shirt company a little while back and i, I sold some of it and i still have a small percentage of it but all in all i mean honestly the amount of time i put into it compared to like what i got out of it i i don't think it, it worked out it was a lot of good lessons learned the thing that kept me going though and i really really mean this the thing i kept me going is there's some kind of rush that i would get when you know you're not like getting a contract signed or you're not like getting a deal like you're just selling a thing Mm -hmm. and i would get some kind of rush about that i don't even know how to explain it i would have shopify on my phone yeah and when i would make a sale I don't know if you have Shopify, but the app on your phone goes cha-ching. <laughs> right. and so every time I heard yeah. that noise, it's I like knew that. like Pavlov's dog syndrome. Basically, yeah. yeah I sure. think I would just get like hooked on the actual sales process of it. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leading into that one, and I don't even know if that's necessarily a question. I just, no, for sure. I'm like fascinated by um, sort of the, the two different elements, you know, there's kind of like the service industry, which is where I'm more yeah, into definitely. where you're like selling a service yeah. and then there's like a product industry where you're yeah. selling a product. Yeah. 
I think that's initially, we've always resonated with that belief too, with mm-hmm. like, there's something about a physical product. I think that's why whenever we were sitting in that coffee shop when we were in college, we decided to like make something because it just made way more sense in our mind. Like that's what we grew up. We grew up selling candy bars out of our back pocket. So we, you were used to that. We grew up making Lego creations and selling them to people. And maybe that was just like, because we hadn't experienced like the world of startups and entrepreneurship yet like truly to like build some sort of service or technology that you could sell like what you're talking about um but we very much resonate with having a product touching it feeling it showing it to someone like seeing them wear it like all these little things that that really just you know it's tangible and i think for us not to say that like we'll all, we'll only ever do physical products in the future, yeah. but if especially to like get things going, it just made much more sense in our mind to like a product costs X, and it sells for X, and then you make or sure. you know, sell X, sell Y, make Z, mm-hmm. and so for us it was maybe just like an easier way to enter into entrepreneurship and starting a company, mm-hmm. and but there's no better like the the highlights of the company I would say thus far, and it wasn't even from my perspective, was Cody was either walking down the street or and seeing somebody and seeing it. someone with the bracelet, man. Yeah. Like there's no like and I like got just as excited as he was when you can just look and you see someone wearing it. You don't know who they are, right? It's not your friend, it's not your buddy, it's not your friend's buddy. Someone's like, Yeah, I saw this and I thought it was cool and so I bought it and now I'm wearing it. You're like, What? Yeah. It seems so crazy, or it's, it doesn't seem that crazy, but it is, that, especially it that is. first time when you see that. It's like, man, someone saw enough value to, to, to spend their money Absolutely. on something that we made. It's a, it's a cool feeling. And, and the physical version of that, I think, really hits home. I think so, too. That was always the thing that I told myself that I wanted to do because, you know, you, you see the sales go out and you see people are tagging you on Instagram. And yeah. so like, you know that there's actual people out there yeah. wearing it. And then it would get to a point where like my friends would be walking down the street yeah. and they would see people wearing my shirts and send me pictures of them with like some stranger wearing a shirt. And I always said, especially to, to Juliana, um, God, like I just want to walk down the street and somebody wearing one of my <laughs> shirts one day and it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. it so bad. I know, yeah. It's maybe you just need to be more strategic about where you go. Just, <laughs> right. Just focus on You need to start looking on. up the the people's home address and start walking around their neighborhood and hopefully you might see it one time. I think that uh I think that's really exciting, man. I, I I liked what you talked about, and I don't know if this was actually, if I just kind of caught this in passing and maybe I misunderstood, but explain to everybody what the bracelets themselves actually represent, you know, because you had mentioned something where like I can take some of mine off and like swap it with somebody else. For sure. Oh, is that one of them? Yeah, yeah, this is it. So, um, and interestingly enough, and this is the, the startup you know, if there's, there's probably a lot of lessons within this, but we've changed a lot of times as far as like what it's, what we set out to be and kind of what it is now and even where we're going. And so we can talk about that, but it started as a way for someone to have a bracelet that means something to them. And so in this case, let's call it, it's the Titans, right? Like I'm a huge Titans fan. And so, um, for those listening, it's, it's sort of a Navy blue outer bracelet with a reversible, um, 
Like inner band. Inner band that kind of fits within it to kind of create like a stripe pattern, but it creates one singular bracelet. Yeah. So the goal when we initially started out was, okay, Jeremy's wearing his Titans bracelet, and then maybe Tim has, you know, his Eagles. Eagles bracelet. Exactly. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, I can learn a little bit about your fanhood with the Eagles, and you can learn a little bit about mine. And if we're civil fans and we enjoy the interaction, I want to like make that connection, I could take this piece out, trade with you. And so now I have, cool. I can still have a little bit of my like Titans fanhood, but then now I have Tim's story as an Eagles fan that I can then, when someone else asks me, what are those colors? I mean, I can say, well, this is because I'm a Titans fan. And this is this dude, Tim, I met, he's really cool. Uh -huh. He's an Eagles fan. And so that's what it set out to be. And honestly, it was probably somewhat about sports, but more so about like where you're from or an experience that means something to you, whether it's supporting breast cancer, or whether it's, these are the colors of my heritage you'd be able to share a story about yourself and, and then learn from someone else. So we kind of went down that path for a long time. And, and also it might be worth mentioning, we also started a social kind of aspect of it where we would use proceeds from the bracelets to host pitch nights for high schoolers. That's cool. So a high schooler, and the reason that we did that was because that was a part of our story that like if we didn't win those pitch competitions and get some money we never would have got started. we never would have gotten started yeah. so it resonated with us to host these these pitch nights to give younger entrepreneurs the same opportunity and we've ran two of those and they've been really awesome but you get to this point where you kind of have to like step back and we were like man this really isn't catching on like we thought like people aren't buying them like they thought like we thought the explaining it to people's kind of weird it's a long story it's a just long a story just for a bracelet and they're yeah. like, what? But, and, and then the bracelet itself doesn't really look like something that's like, you know, really connecting people. Mm -hmm. And do middle schoolers care about each other's story if that's our target market? And so there's all these questions that we couldn't really answer. And so what we had to do was had to like kind of take some medicine, take some of my own medicine that we preach at the EC, which is talk to customers and like ask them the top five questions about the product. Yeah. And so we asked them, hey, you know, how often do you trade with people? How often do someone ask you what it means? How often do you ask other people what it means? And about 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they didn't do that. And okay. they would buy their bracelet colors because they wanted their, their colors and they liked doing that. Yeah. And so we kind of adapted to that and kind of rebranded more into game day bracelets. And so I would still it would still function that you could trade if you wanted to, but the selling point that we were making is that you could now represent the Titans, whether they play a home game or when they go play away, you can flip it around and, and rock it like that. Yeah. And so it still has this sort of like, it, it's, it's a story about who you are, but it's not as in the marketing and messaging. It's not as about connecting sure. with people and that sort of thing. And so, and then we kept the, the social aspect of it, the pitch competitions. And so we've kind of gone down that path and that this has been like a year or so probably since we've made that switch. And it's still with the pitch competition and the messaging, it still just hasn't really like taken roots like we've wanted it to. And so um, we're actually currently in another kind of full rebranding process where we're kind of putting a lot of things on the chopping block and saying, okay, how can we um, really zero in on a messaging that works a target audience that makes sense and a social aspect because we've always kind of wanted to have some sort of social aspect of it because at that point it's just a bracelet yeah um and and having a social aspect of it that really like fits with the story of the bracelet and who it's aimed to serve so we're in the planning stages of that right now um and we'll probably do a full relaunch of it but 
Um, but we've, we've constantly kind of had these like classic entrepreneurial lessons along the way where you have to like take a step back, ask customers and learn and, and make a change from it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had, I don't know, a million of those. Yeah. So far. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's humbling, right? Because you're like, what? Like this thing that I, like we decided that this is going to be it and dang it, like it didn't work. You just kind of have to bounce back quick and say like, that's okay. Like we're meant to try something and fail. And that means that like you're kind of getting more, getting you're getting closer, closer to the right thing, sure. but it's still, you kind of have to humble yourself and say, okay, well that didn't work and let's try something different. I really struggle with, I struggle a lot with knowing where that line is. Yeah. Um, you try something, you give it a shot for a while. It kind of takes on a little bit of catch, but it's not quite the catch that like you yep. want it to. So yep. there's always this, probably the biggest thing that I, I struggle with, with all the different websites that I've, I've built and some do better than others. And is that deciding factor where is this working? If it is, how far do I take it? If it's not, do I know if I'm at the spot where I need to just push it a little harder or right. if I need to pivot? And I, I swear, I mean, I have like a really active mind as yeah. it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of thinking of ways that I can do it better and do it better. But that question in my head probably yeah. takes up more space than anything. Right. And I'll give you a little example. I just started this website. Well, not just, it's, it's been, this is probably a perfect example because this is the one thing that I've tried the, in comparison to the success it's had uh, and like the ratio with the amount of effort I put into it, it's like the furthest, you know? Right. So it's this website called Boca Digest because I, I came from Boca. Cool. Uh, Boca Raton in South Florida. And all it is is like an events calendar because in Boca, it's a pretty big city and there's a decent amount of young people, but there's really no like, the city itself isn't isn't very techie. So when they, when everybody goes out, there's, there was no like real list of events mm -hmm. and places that you could find things to do on the weekend. So I found this WordPress plugin called the events calendar and it was so cool, man. Like I got so excited because this plugin API'd into Facebook so that if you could find Facebook pages that were posting events, like a happy hour, like a restaurant or whatever the case may be. You could just copy the URL of that Facebook page and then every morning, all of the Facebook pages that you, you put into the plugin would import all the events that they had. So the more pages that you had, every morning it would import all of them. So every day, there are more and more pages of content being put on this site, which was all like super relevant. So, so I would take 10 minutes every morning, research a bunch of new Facebook pages in the area and even like the surrounding areas that... Uh, were hosting events and before I knew it the thing was just like exploding because it was the one place where you could just go to with a super user-friendly type interface where it's just a calendar right. you know so you just click on the day and these are all those events that are going on in the day and wouldn't you know as soon as I start getting excited about it um, the whole Russia thing happened and Facebook kind of bugged out with their security and they killed the API. Mm. So now there's no connection that allows like my website to pull data from Facebook anymore. And I was so bummed out because this idea of having, you know, just some kind of like magazine type content site of like a real localized community I'd been trying for probably two and a half years and just failing over and over again. I'm like, why the fuck isn't this catching the on? Like I wanted to. And I finally found like this little angle, this perfect angle. 
right when I did, the API got killed. So you can ask Jules. I, I complain about it all the time because I was just like, I can't believe that that happened. I can't believe that that happened. And didn't quite, it stayed in the back of my mind, but there was also this other part of me that said like, I'll figure something out. Like yeah. the idea is there, the idea is there. I, I don't quite know what it is. And so just two days ago, um, because that happened, the plugin company made it so that since they can't pull from Facebook anymore, they made it so that you can pull from meetup.com. So now I'm back, you know, like now I'm, <laughs> now I'm back in business, but then there's another side where just the amount of information on, on meetup.com isn't even close For sure. to the amount of stuff on Facebook. You know, like if any bar or EC or any organization, really, if you're throwing events, you're going to make events on Facebook and yeah. that's just the first thing you're going to do. So now I'm at this weird crossroads. It's like, it's, it's kind of cool, yeah. but I'm not going to have nearly the amount of content and just the amount of relevant content, you know, yeah. like the stuff on that people would post on Facebook really matters like those, those happy hours, especially. So, so I give you that entire story just to kind of relate to you where like I'm at that, that spot yeah. where, what do you do? You know, do yeah. I like keep grinding through this current like little dilemma that yeah. I have just to see what happens or do you just kind of call it a loss? Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, tough, man. And I think, I think, Part, I think there's kind of two informative things that you can do. One is just like listen to your gut and yeah. I feel like it'll work itself out eventually. Like if you just kind of, if you're not feeling good about it, then I would assume you shouldn't probably shouldn't go down that track. And Maybe. if you are, then explore it. That's probably like my more like wishful thinking that that could be the case. And then the other thing is seek out people that can give you that sort of expertise and that sort of, Hey, I have been there where I've had to change and here's the three questions you should ask yourself if you're going to continue to do it and three questions you should ask yourself if you should go a different direction and finding finding someone that's gone through that themselves and that has like every time I'm faced with like a difficult decision whether it's something like do we go this route or do we take a step back or you know should we make a change to the design or should we leave it like any of those tough questions it's it's usually been our method is to go out and ask someone that's like been there historically because they probably have a guidebook to help you get through that is that okay with that little um piece of advice that you just said seems like sort of a practicality type lesson that you yeah. learned from your experience at the entrepreneur center. Yeah. I think that that's like a weakness of mine is that yeah. everything I've done. I've kind of just like bullied my way. Yeah. But look at it. It's paid off up until this point too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of, of everything that I've done, but you know, there's the other side of me that thinks like how much time did I spend on like dead end routes, you know, yep. just to yeah. try to find my way. Yep. And so I think that's kind of like a perfect um, little segue to learn a little bit more about like why programs like the Entrepreneur Center yeah. provide so much value because yeah. especially if you're just starting off, I mean, there's like the entrepreneur mentality, which kind of gets on my nerves a little bit with like hustle, grind, hustle, grind. But I think that's really terrible fucking advice, honestly. I Couldn't think working hard is important, but working I think that- is better. Yeah, I think working smart is better. And I think that the biggest thing that I see with entrepreneurs isn't so much, it's they, they get sick of doing it, you know, because it's not like, it's only gratifying once you hit a certain point. The rest of it is like really not yeah. really that gratifying. So I think that 
So I think that having a resource like that where you can actually just ask practical questions to people that have been there before and you can steer away from, you know, the kind of advice that quote gurus on the internet like to tell you where it's just like, just hustle, hustle, stay up all night, work, work, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I think that that's really important. And I think that guidance is really important. And then I, from what I can tell, that's the mission of the entrepreneur center is to really give that kind of guidance and networking. Yeah. You nailed it. So I think when you look at the history of the EC of the the Nashville entrepreneur center, and I'll refer to it as the EC. Yeah. And so it started in 2009. That's like when it officially became an organization. Mm. And the interesting to know about the history of it, it was that it was born out of the city, the chambers, the business leaders coming together and saying, Hey, there's a lot of entrepreneurs going other places and not starting their businesses in Nashville because they're not getting the right support that they need. So how can we actually pull together, you know, the right thing, the right tools that they need to be successful? And so what it started out was, was just uh, a one room in the Chamber of Commerce, a website where you could go online and like maybe download a couple of business models and schedule a meeting with one of the 10 advisors that we had at the time. Cool. And so that's what it started out was. It was more so about connecting someone with the business expert. And so when you kind of like zoom forward and you're looking at the sort of entrepreneurial support landscape now, it's a lot about like huge buildings, huge hubs where people are getting to connect and it's kind of all central to one location, which kind of, that's where the EC has landed. But when you look at the core of where we started, it was from the beginning, from the jump about getting someone connected to someone that's done it before. Yeah. And there's like, there's hard data around you're so much more likely to find success when you have a successful mentor kind of blazing the path with you Absolutely. to kind of point out, don't do that, do that, maybe do that. I don't know. You're going to have to make a decision on your own, but sure. I, here's my advice. There, it's like 90% of, you know, exited companies had like a successful mentor walking with them through that path. And so that's always been the sort of, Temple of the EC is having a group of experts, people that have sold companies, people that are, you know, titans in their industry or, you know, leaders in their sector to support entrepreneurs. It's an amazing thing that all these individuals also do it on a volunteer basis. And something that I kind of had to wrap my mind around, right, when I was coming into the EC as a fresh-faced college kid, just like, oh, startups are cool, like Tim Ferriss, all that stuff. And getting an understanding of like, wow, like these individuals could be billing $500 an hour, but they choose instead to help an entrepreneur because they probably had someone doing the same for them. And so, you know, the EC started as just a website and I think in, in those 10 mentors, and then we really tried to like grow and eat our own medicine as we go. So it's like kind of moving to the next peg once you've kind of proved the concept and can kind of move on to the next stage. So from that, we got some funding. We're a nonprofit and moved into our first spot, which is down on Broadway, which was like more of a modest sort of building while we started to build out the programs and add more mentors and get a little bit more you know, mature in our offerings to the entrepreneurs. And then it's about saying, okay, entrepreneurs, like as your needs continue to evolve and as the types of companies you're starting change, how can we adapt and make relevant programs and offerings and support? And so as we're continuing to do that, we say this spot's not going to be big enough. And so we move to where we're at now on Peabody Street um, downtown. Super great building, by the way. It's really cool. It's like these old trolley barns, really rustic vibe. And so now we're at a place where that that center is really now 
can hold the the actual activity that we were meant to do, which is offering classes, which is to have cool workspace where our, you know entrepreneurs can work next to each other and find community within themselves in a really collaborative space, but still the the key of that being the mentor program and that's it's 250 people deep at this point wow and they kind of spread out into most of the things that we do so of course we just have just like the mentor program where you go and you can meet with an advisor one-on-one and you can do that on a recurring basis you meet with some of the people you know recurring and then you might also meet an expert one-off as you need it but then what's really cool is that they also teach a lot of the classes that we host and they host a lot of, they lead a lot of the, the workshops, do. the mentors do. So it's, it's the best way I can say it is like, you don't come to the EC to meet with Jeremy yeah. meet with me about like guidance on your business. I'm just really good at emailing the right mentor so that you guys can have a conversation in a safe space about, Hey, I'm freaking out about this decision yeah. or I'm not exactly sure what to do here. And someone that's been there before can go, it's okay. Like I get that. It is super stressful. I know here's the three things that I thought about when I was going through that decision and here's where it landed me. Maybe for you, it might be a little bit different because this isn't this, but yeah, generally but this somebody is with some perspective. Exactly. And so I think like when you're talking about the entrepreneur center, the, the, the thing I always like to highlight is that it's led by a community of successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, and just great volunteers in the community that see the value in that and want to give that back. I think that was the, I found the EC by researching um, volunteer stuff in Nashville because I've only been here six or seven weeks at this point, and it feels like an exploding city. I think everybody can basically figure that out at this point. But I just... What am I getting at? You had mentioned the volunteer type thing, and... In my, quote, short career in running a business, being an entrepreneur or whatever, it's really a, a, a kind of little society where people are always, always willing to help other people out. And you wouldn't think it that way because I, I would assume that there's a stigma of entrepreneurs where it's very much like need more, need more, more mm-hmm. sales, whatever. But there's this weird kind of uh, backwards... I, w- I wouldn't even say backwards. It's it's just a juxtaposition how you get so much more. The more you give, the more you get. Yeah. And especially with with that kind of thing because like I love doing this podcast and talking to people because I learn so much from listening to other people and their stories. You know, just even even some of the things that you've said, like it, it hits me and I think, oh wow, like I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And I'm sure for a lot of these mentors, um, myself included, because I would really, I, I asked you about that before and I don't think I ever followed through, but I'm sure that the experience that they get from it is just as gratifying for them as it probably would be for the mentee, I guess you would say, for Absolutely. The, the mentee entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you talk to any of those people like on a first name basis? Do you have relationships with the mentors? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, cool. and the, the other value of that beside, you know, apart from or opposite of getting that help online is it's in person. Like yeah. You develop real relationships. These are real people that not only are getting guidance about their business, but they know personal stuff about you. And so 
and so yeah like having them in person there is such a key value and that they know nashville and that they they value that do you has there been any tangible data that the entrepreneur center has kept local businesses and money in the city for sure and i can't like relay it right off the top of my Absolutely, head but um but yeah it's as far as jobs created as yeah. far as uh, capital generated as far as revenue generated for the city. Um, we have a lot of that data and it's, it's incredible to, and, and it's not just the EC. It's not like saying, Oh, the EC created it. We're just a part of supporting yeah. those entrepreneurs that are doing that cool work and that it's cool that we have relationships with them, that we can gather that information and then work closely with the city. And I think the, the one that we get the most excited about is jobs created. And the one I particularly get the most excited about of trying to track and understand and, and support because like that's real jobs. That's like real people. Yeah. And I, when it's you affecting some, their lives, exactly. When you look at that data, sometimes you'd be like, okay, so created 250 jobs in the last, you know, five years. And we're, we're trying to get to 500, you know, in the next three, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like that's 250 people mm-hmm. that now have the ability to work and sustain and provide for a family because someone had an idea and valued the right resources and sought it out and figured it out and problem solved their way to like building something that can do that. Like it's crazy that it's, when you think about like that many something. people, it means something, right? For sure. That's like on, yeah, and that's what whenever I'm like, oh, like having a rough day or like super busy and just like, man, I just had like a, you know, had to do all these emails, whatever, all the stupid stuff we can complain about. When I try to zoom back and be like, whenever you talk to an entrepreneur that said, I just hired two people last month. It's like, whoa, like that's, that's two people's lives that now they can buy a house because this yeah. one person took a chance and made something happen. So that wasn't really, really answered your question, but, yeah, but whenever I talk about jobs created, it's really, it's a really like cool metric to understand in the track. Cause you're having an effect. Exactly. Yeah. You're exactly. Having an effect. So l- let me kind of say real quick, thanks again so much for coming in for here sure. and talking to me. Love like you, I, you've, I'm really impressed with like how articulate you are when you speak. That's one of the things that I've actually been sitting here trying to learn from you because another reason why I like this podcast is because uh, I'm, a, I'm a really good writer and I'm a pretty good talker, but I'm really trying to get better at not being like so choppy like because I think so fast and I have to For slow sure. down when I speak, you know, and, and you speak really, really well. Um, I, I think that that's going to work well for you, especially in sales in, in your career. <laughs> but uh so with that, where, where do you personally want to go to? Is your, is your mission with your bracelet company, is your mission with being involved in the EC? Do you see your bracelet company kind of turning into something else at some point? Like what, what's your year? Everyone's got like a year in their mind. You know, I want to hear about where you're going. I don't even know if you've, you've kind of said this out loud yet. So now's your shot. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> question. But first... Thank you for having me and thank you for being someone that like comes into a city and like is looking to learn, is looking to take advantage, is looking to highlight stories. People can kind of come into a city and not take advantage of it and then want to complain about, oh, like there's not a lot of opportunity and not a lot of this and this and this, but it it shows that if you just ask, 
a lot of times the answer is yes. Hey, want to be on a podcast? Yeah, sure. Sure. And it's it literally can just look like this, and it's amazing. And now you're getting to learn. And so I resonate with the curiosity, the intentionality, and mm-hmm. with the selflessness of just saying, hey, like let's just learn. I'm going to ask questions, and it goes back to when I was at the front desk and I heard someone really smart tell me this, it's always try to be the dumbest person in the room because when you're the dumbest person in the room, it means you stand the most to gain Absolutely. <laughs> from a learning perspective. Yeah. And so not saying that you're doing that, but saying that by just asking questions and to come in and just seeing, Hey, like, would you do this? A lot of times it's yes. Mm-hmm. And then you can grow so much. So thank you for doing that and for coming to Nashville and like yeah, my pleasure. trying to figure that stuff out and having me on. So what is Jeremy's plan? That's a great question. (laughs) With Bond, ultimately, man, it's been in the name of the company, Bond, bond bond.com, B-O-H-N-D. It's all about learning. Of course, we want to take it to a place that's sustainable, that allows us to have our own salary. So as of right now, we're still doing this part-time. My roommate Cody has a job. I have a job, and we're kind of figuring this out as much as we can. It's been such a learning opportunity and it will continue to be a learning opportunity. And it's our first stab at forming a true company. And so wherever that goes, we're not exactly sure. Of course, we're kind of trying to blaze the path to we sustain our own our own careers and we figure out something right within the market to where we can kind of make a difference and make an impact um, with that social piece and just with our, like we want to create fi- financial sustainability for ourselves so that we can have a little bit of freedom to like explore what that next opportunity is. Yeah, see where we it takes all, you. Exactly. So if I, I'd be lying if I said I thought Bond was going to be like my lifelong endeavor, but I think it's going to help us find the next one. And that's really what it's going to be about is taking all the learnings, trying to grow this to a point, maybe we will, maybe we won't, but taking that and and exploring what that next path is. Cool. And as far as the EC goes, I really love that place, man. It's like been such a great place to meet people. It's honestly, I moved to Nashville three years ago, started that job. It's the reason why I love the city so much because of the individuals that I get to interact with. A lot of my best friends have become, are a result of working at the entrepreneur center. And so it's really scary to give that up or like to think about a day that like, I won't be there every day getting to learn and be around cool people and, and, and to do the work that we get to do. So if I like put those two together, I think the goal would be at some point for me to have my own business, whether that's by myself or with someone else. And being able to, you know, continue to support the entrepreneur center in some way, whenever that day comes where I have found that sustainability and the ability to do that, um, comfortably. And so that's the path that we're trying to figure out is how can we, you know, we, we both love the idea of being able to just work for ourselves and to create something of value that people enjoy. And so that's kind of what we're aiming to get at. And so I don't know, how it'll ebb and flow f- to get there. That's great though. Yeah. I personally, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I've always found that if I'm at a spot where I'm like 70% sure where I want to go yeah. and 30% unsure enough, that 30% is good because it leaves you kind of flexibility right. to take whatever comes at you. Yeah. There's real hard, fast like plans, you know, what, what's, 
What's the expression? You make a plan and God laughs, right? Yeah. It, it never, like, it never fucking works. Yeah, so correct. Saying, like, I got a plan. I got, yep. I got everything mapped out for months and months and months. And by, like, the first month, something happens where you didn't see it coming and, mm-hmm. and you got to adjust to it. So I think that you're spot on with having a direction, you know, the road that you want to go down and you got room for the road to meander. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Last but not least, take this time. You said bond.com. Yep. Um, I don't know the website to the EC. Um, where can people find you personally? Yeah. How can they get in touch with you? Like, sure. Shameless plug right here. Shameless plug. Yeah. So bond is bond.com. And that's B-O-H-N-D.com. And just one quick funny story about why it's spelled that way. And it, it's very entrepreneurially, uh, it's, it's an entrepreneur's story is that it was originally B-O-N-D dot like bond bracelets, B-O-N-D, like how it should be spelled. And we were just going down that path and did, was just kind of like, yeah, sure. Like that's the name of the company. And by the time we got to the EC, the attorney mentor that we met with was like, yeah, you definitely, there's like three other bond bracelet type of companies with that name you can't be called that and so cody and i for like three hours had this naming session because the, the shitty thing was is that we had already had the b logo like embossed in all the bracelets so we're like okay it has to start with a b yeah. and it has to resonate with the with the with what it does right it's bond because it creates bond between people and gotcha. the bond of the bracelets forms yeah. together so we just sat there for like three hours, like uh, bamboozled bracelets or bongo <laughs> bracelets and literally had like a list of a hundred names. And we hit a, we were just like, oh, we got to stop thinking about this. Let's take a break. And on the way out, I was like, man, we should just, we should just call it bond bracelets and bond bracelets and spell it like your middle name. And so Cody's middle name is B-O-H-N, oh, Cody no Bond Hutchins. And we kind of said that and we kind of looked at each other like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why not? And so, like, you think about Nike, like, all these other companies have weird spellings. You don't think about it now. And so, we're like, from that point, we were just like, all right, B-O-H-N-D. We're that's Bond bracelets. And so, it's it's one of those things where you kind of, like, that's why I seek that guidance early on so that you're not, like, Spending starting a company hours. and then having to go back and and figure something out retroactively. But, so yeah, Bond.com with an H. And then the EC, uh, the Entrepreneur Center's website is just ec.co. That's right. And the thing I'll mention about the Entrepreneur Center is that it's a great place for entrepreneurs to go, but it's also a great place for anyone to go that's interested in entrepreneurship, the startup life, working around that sort of environment. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of membership and opportunities to get plugged in, whether you're a corporate or whether you're a freelancer or whether you just work for a startup remotely. And so I think that's the biggest misconception is that you have to just be a founder to take advantage of that community. But I think the awesome thing about the community is it's made up of a lot of different types of people. Of course we do. If you are that entrepreneur, we do have very specific programs and classes and workshops that are designed to progress, you know, you as a startup and as a founder. But if you're hearing about what we're talking about, you're like, well, I'm not a founder, so I can't take advantage of it. There's a lot of different ways that people can come and get plugged in. And so it's an open workspace as well. Exactly. Workspace, desk options, classes, happy hours, lunches, all sorts of ways. The, the ultimate, my ultimate job is to make sure that people are connected, highlighted, and and are around their type of community. Yeah. And so if that sounds like you and you want to get plugged into that, you very much can. And you can just go to our website and fill in a contact request form and it'll eventually make its way to me. 
and yeah i'd say that's that's cool. that's the best best plug i can do great man thanks again so much yeah for sure really appreciated you having of course on. yeah come back anytime it's a pleasure. you live right down the street yep east uh, nasty baby yeah east nashville <laughs> Uh, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast. Please do me a favor, leave me a rating and uh, give me a subscription on iTunes. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. Jeremy, thanks again. Talk to y'all next week. Deuces. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.